Welcome to another poorly timed episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Ooh. Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hello there. And Jeremy Gregory. Hey, guys. And uh, we, we are trying to be more consistent in our show postings, but it's fine. It's not a big deal. Again, if you belong to our Patreon, you get the bonus shows. We're going to get back on track. But speaking of our Patreon, this is another patron-requested episode. We're going to cover a game specifically mm. asked for by one of our patrons. Uh, so we're going to be covering Tomba 2, The Evil Swine Returns uh, for the PlayStation, following up on an episode we had quite a long time ago on the original Tomba. Yeah. But before we get to that, it has been a few weeks. Billy, what have you been playing since our last show? That damn, oh my God, that cult of the lamb and nothing else. It's like I'm in a damn cult. It's all I can think about. Uh, I wake up and I put my time into it. If I'm not working, obviously. Um, I haven't quit my job. We, it's not one of those situations. But uh, Jeremy, I believe, uh, a, a while back said uh, it was a game I would, would enjoy. And, and damn it, he knows me. He, he knows me well. Uh, I, I have put a lot of time into it. Um, really, I haven't progressed what I'm assuming is what pushes you towards the end of the game. I haven't progressed through that too much. I've just been enjoying, uh, you know, managing managing an old cult. Feels like it's something something that's come natural to me. Uh, whether it's making people eat bowls of shit or, or or putting a nice gold path out for everybody to walk on, uh, it's it's been a good time, very good time, and that's about that's about it. Um, really, very little <laughs> other games. I've dabbled here and there. I played the one we're reviewing here for for a good bit, uh, but yeah, I, I I don't see myself dragging away from this one anytime soon. Well, I uh, last episode mentioned I was at the very end, the the very last section of Dragon Quest Eight, and I can proudly say I have finished yeah. that game. I didn't do the, the optional end content. There's like some extra dungeons you can do, and maybe someday I'll revisit it. It's never going to happen, but I could technically. I did enjoy <laughs> the game, um, but I did then immediately go out and purchase Dragon Quest Eleven for the Switch. So I've been playing that, which is more of the same, but I'm enjoying it. I think it's actually a little more streamlined yeah. than Eight. Uh, I think it, it's. Uh, I thought eight was kind of a great entry to the series for people who hadn't ever played them before, but I think eleven might be a better one. It's a little more friendly uh, from the get go. Eight takes a little while to get started, and then there's a. I mean, I haven't gotten far enough in eleven to say this doesn't happen, but there's definitely some lulls in eight where you got to kind of get over some hurdles. Uh, eleven doesn't seem to have those yet, so we will see. Uh, but the other thing I've been playing is, you know, since our last episode, there was a Nintendo Direct and there was a, a Sony State of Play. I I didn't really care for the State of Play much because I only like old man games, but the uh, the, the Nintendo Direct had a few things that were interesting, but the thing that 
like got me out of my chair screaming was when they announced there would be a Pikmin 4 <laughs> and then showed like 30 seconds of a, of a of a cinematic of a bench. But I was still very excited for a Pikmin 4, enough where I went back and I'm playing through Hey Pikmin on the 3DS uh, while I watch football <laughs> and stuff. So I've been playing through Hey Pikmin, loving it, with the goal of being to go back through Pikmin 1, 2, and 3 before 4 hits because... I think, you know, as much as I like talk about how much I like Metroid and Zelda and even in the Kid Icarus games, I think Pikmin may be my favorite Nintendo franchise, hands down. Every time a new game comes out for it, Damn. even that stupid mobile game, I was like, I was so excited. I still play <sighs> Pikmin Bloom. I don't know what's wrong. I, I, it's not even a game, but I still play it anyway. Uh, I use it for a, a, a walking kind of counter. Uh, in fact, this weekend I was yeah. out camping with my kids and I used it to uh, to finish the, the, the weekend, the, uh, the community right, weekend, yeah. since I was going to be out hiking around uh, on this campsite. But that, that's really all I've been playing a lot of is Pikmin and, and Dragon Quest XI. So Jeremy, what have you been playing? I have been finishing up the the turtles collection. I, I got oh. all got all the trophies and everything for the the yes. PlayStation Five version, and love it all except I I just need to say how, what what a giant piece of shit that Genesis fighting game is. Tournament <laughs> fighters. I can't surprise surprise. This is the first time I have ever put time into it. I never played it as a kid. And I never played the the Hyperstone Heist, which is their kind of version of Turtles in Time. And that's yeah, actually yeah. a pretty fun little game. It's oh, not yeah. as good as Turtles in Time, but it's fine. But like I I was kind of expecting to to be the same with with Tournament Fighters on the Genesis because I I did really like Tournament Fighters on the Super NES. Tournament Fighters on the Genesis is horrible. It is yeah. a horrible fighting game. I I was not prepared for how bad that is to the point where I don't even think this was originally a turtles game there's nothing about it besides like having some turtles pasted in here that that even seems like it's a turtles game it's it's so far out in left field it makes no sense the gameplay's horrible it's it's a two button fighting game you've you've got you've got a punch and a kick and that's it because, you know, it was made for the old Genesis controllers. It, it didn't even have support for the, the six-button ones. But that's all you get is punch and kick. And still, it's, it manages to be one of the worst fighting games I have played. Just getting through that to, to get the trophy was, was the worst part of that whole game. Even what, playing through the NES tur tournament fighters was, was a better God game. Damn. What was the trophy? Uh, just you gotta beat uh, what's her name? I I don't even know the the stupid girl's boss name or whatever. Aka or something. Okay. Uh, but you have to beat the true Aiken, whatever her name is, oh, and shit. you can only do that. I think it's uh, difficulty level six and up. And uh, let me tell you, difficulty level <laughs> default is more than enough to make you never want to play this game again. So I would highly suggest you. Uh, abuse the hell out of that rewind function to to yeah. get it because it is not worth your time to actually play that game to Jesus. to get through the end and beat it just to get that trophy it is dog shit what a horrible <laughs> fighting game but i can't say enough good things about the rest of that collection <laughs> what a great time to be had if if you really like those old turtles games it it's uh yeah. i i can't recommend that one enough well, that's a preview of our fight month, which is coming up in November, possibly. But either way, uh, we're not going to be talking anymore about fighting games or a Turtles game. Uh, but in fact, a game that involves a lot of pigs. We're talking about Tomba 2, The Evil Swine Returns for the Sony PlayStation.
Now, as I mentioned at the start of the show, this was a patron request. Normally, we do an interview with the patron, uh, at least a call back and forth with, with me and them just to kind of discuss their their topics. But I've reached out to uh, this patron several times to follow up to see, hey, are you going to do a, an episode with us? Have not heard through. So uh, the patron that requested this was Toy M. Uh, and I'm just going to read what they wrote on Patreon as to why they uh, kind of wanted us to cover this. And Toy, if you want to come on later and do like a rebuttal, if you don't like our what we have to say, or if you want to come on for a bonus show and talk about a different game for a few minutes, maybe we can do that. Sorry, I couldn't get a hold of you. But I'm going to read what Toy wrote us. Hey guys, I messaged you guys a few weeks ago on Twitter for a Tomba 2 review. Uh, I saw After the Mario 64 episode, I realized I had never used Patreon and never knew how to use it. After hearing that request, I knew there was only one way I could possibly get the complete, unbiased Tomba 2 review that I need. I know just because I'm a Patreon member now, it doesn't guarantee a Tomba 2 review, which you'd be wrong. It did, in fact, guarantee a Tomba 2 review. But I hope it helps, even if two-thirds of you guys might be anti-Tomba. Love the podcast, thanks for making my workdays a little less mundane, and keep up the great work. So guys, I know it's been quite a while. In fact, it's been since the very last show of 2016 that we talked about Tomba. But I went back and listened wow. to that episode. I listened to the whole thing. One, recording quality very poor. We've got, we've, we're much better than we used to. I'll give us <laughs> a lot of credit. Pat, it's our back there. We bought better equipment uh, and where I learned how to mix things. Uh, but the, uh, you know, even before that episode, that was one of the first YouTube videos we put up for Retrovania.net, I believe. And it mm. had, uh, mm. Jeremy was not a fan. Uh, and it got some <laughs> some heated comments uh, that, that, you know, maybe it's a better game than he gave it credit for. And I personally have always loved Tomba, so we covered it on the show. Uh, listening back to it, I don't believe, and Jeremy, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that our episode changed your mind on the original Tomba. <laughs> Yeah, I, I made the the horrible mistake originally of saying that I I don't think that Tomba the original Tomba is a really great game, which ruined my YouTube career instantly. Apparently, yeah. and yeah. Uh, when we did the episode, you know, and diving more into it, I I appreciate what it is, but it's still one of those games that I'm just I I don't I just don't enjoy playing it. I I don't really like the whole quest system. I don't like how obtuse it is at times i don't like the way the world is connected and it's just one of those games that the more i play it the more frustrated i get playing it so um yeah it, i can appreciate why people like it but it is just not a game for me we we all recall the tarring and feathering of jeremy gregory for that tomba of you all the games me. I have reviewed on that, that is yeah. the one. That is the <laughs> one that got the most hate, and I was shocked. You got hold of somebody. Uh, yeah. And, I, and none of those comments were me. I mean, I told you direct to your face how much you were wrong, but I wouldn't have posted on a mm. YouTube video. Uh, <laughs> well, thankfully, we're now going to get to cover the sequel. Uh, the sequel came out two years after the original. So the original came out in 1997 in Japan, 1998 in North America and Europe. So this came out in 1999 in Japan and 2000 in North America and Europe. So it took us, what, almost six years to cover it on Retrovania, uh, Retrovaniacs, the podcast about old games. So it works perfectly for our timeline. Uh, the first thing you'll notice when you turn this game on is even though it is developed by the same developers, Whoopi Camp and published by Sony, they've changed the graphic style completely of the original Tomba. Mm. So the original Tomba had the, you know, kind of sprite graphics. They were a little bit 3D-ish because things would go in and out of the screen. But this is now that standard more later PlayStation polygon look. It still looks like the Tomba art design, but it's... It's just polygons now, which makes things run a little smoother, I guess, in some ways. But it was kind of off-putting to me, especially when I played this when it was new. You know what, like, really put me off to this game when I saw it in the stores back in the day? The name Tomba. It, 
well the name tomba yeah. and, and the fact that you i didn't want to play yeah i didn't want to play it anyway because i did play this originally back in the day i bought it myself when it came out because i mm. like weird japanese games but eventually i saw tomba 2 a, a game i'd never thought would even get a sequel let alone come to the west <laughs> but the thing that the thing that immediately put me off about it was how ripped tomba is on the front of that cover oh yeah my god is he ripped and it, it kind of made me uncomfortable to look at i'm yeah. just like wow He's, what did they got, do got, to him he got swoles that he can beat the shit out of you for free apparently like he's he's you know been to the gym since the original game but yes the graphics are a, a lot different in this one and i'm gonna say right now i prefer this one the way it looks to the original by far mm. And uh, I'm, I'm going to spoil it right here. I prefer this game as a whole by a country mile over the original. Well, that's yeah. not a... Well, it, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I had assumed that. I thought about that, uh, especially when you were you were recounting just a little bit ago the things you, you didn't like about that. Because this, I feel like, is a uh, is, is much different game. Um, I, aside from, you know, the characters, it has a... Uh, completely different feel to it at least it did for me we're gonna get into it but yeah one of the biggest reasons for me just out of the gate is that this is a much more concise and to the point oh, yeah. game yeah it's, every it's level. got a more more linear fear feel to it for sure yes and that goes a long way in keeping my attention in a video game mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. uh, from level to level i was i was completely surprised at you know the direction they took because i figured they would just go all the way with the craziness of the original with the giant open mm. world kind of metro metroidvania thing but this one it's it's basically level to level as far as like the quests and and what you're doing it is i mean it still has some backtracking especially if you want to get everything to finish all the quests um if you didn't mm. listen to the first tomba episode and never played a tomba game uh, it is at its core kind of a standard side scrolling adventure game except for uh, you know, the gimmick of Tomba's kind of 2D, 3D is that there, you can walk in and out of the screen in some sections. There are a few, there's one notable area, like a town area, where you can actually walk around like a top-down view. But most of the time you're in the sideways, you know, almost Ghosts and Goblins style running gun sort of game, uh, yeah. or running kind of game. But you can then, on some areas, you'll see like an arrow and you, know, you can go forward and, and backwards and it kind of rotates the screen around. And in some sections of this game, it makes it a lot more chaotic. It makes it uh, notably the second area, which is like this underground area full of pipes. You're constantly kind of rotating the screen around as you go in and out of the screen in different ways. Um, mm -hmm. So that's one way that Toma differentiates itself from a standard 2D side-scroller. The other thing is that un just, unlike just having the objective of getting from one end to the other or collecting all the you know coins or widgets or whatever, uh, Toma is a series of mini-quests like you'd get in, a, in an RPG. But some of them are you know, needed to progress the story. So it'll be like, oh, you know, get to the end of the section and find the evil pig and stop the evil pig. And that will, will be one quest you have to do. But then other quests are things that sometimes are very straightforward, like, you know, go find three eggs and put them in this nest. Or I wish I found a way to open this door. And then you find a key to open the door. Like things would make sense. But some of them make less sense or until you actually figure out what you're supposed to do. You're like, oh, I see. For example, early in this game, there's a man fishing. And he's like, I lost my golden fish hook. I, I you know, got it stuck on a, on a log or whatever, and it, it ripped off, and I can't find it. That's a real shame. Well, later on, you can find a way to drain all the water out of these 
like channels that normally when you fall on them, it pushes you out of the, of the channel and, and you have to restart at the start of the area. And instead you can drain those channels and walk through them and catch some fish and other stuff. But there's also a golden fish hook in this channel. And then you take it back to the fisherman. It solves his quest. He gives you a little item that may or may not help you directly. Sometimes it's just food. Sometimes it's a, uh, an increased number of health points you have because you start with a set number of hit points, but you can grow them as you play through the game. Like all the quests in, in the Toma games are... Sometimes, in my opinion, the the most fun part of the game is going through and finding these quests. But they also can be incredibly frustrating if they don't tell you exactly what to do. And I think you're right that Tumble One's quests had you going all over the place. Like you'd get a quest the very mm-hmm. first area, and you wouldn't find the key for it till like the, the fifth or sixth area, and then you have to go back to the first area, and then that would open a quest that takes you to the second area. This doesn't have as much of that, although there is definite backtracking here. It's not nearly as bad as the first one. I think overall just the level design in general like i really disliked the way tomba was like put together it, you know it had like paths leading to one section that would go off to another section that would bend around and go to other sections it was really kind of strange for like a metroidvania the way it was put together if you get used to it you can kind of deal with it but i yeah. never was able to to keep track of where I was or where I needed to go. This was one of those games I was actually kind of drawing little maps for back in, when I was playing it back in the day just to tr- try to figure out where I was. But this one, uh, it it really does help with, with keeping each stage. There's a temple stage later in the game that does have a, a few more forks and stuff, but each area in this one is much simpler to get around, and it doesn't take away anything from the game by being more simple. Some people may not like that, but... I, I appreciated it just because it was way way easier to keep track of everything, the characters you need to talk to, the, the places you need to be. And being this new art style, I thought it was much easier to find everything as well because everything stuck out more you know, as to what you needed to, to find or where you needed to be. So I don't know. I, I just thought this one was, was a, a lot better uh, cre- designed or whatever, built you know, as far as like how it's it's just easier to play. Yeah, I, I would agree. My my complaints uh, in the first or in the original episode of Tomba, I mentioned this sequel and my complaints were that I didn't like the art style and it threw me off and that I thought there were too many quests at once because it does kind of start the game and throw a bunch of quests at you. But mm-hmm. honestly, that's not like I played it this time and it's not as bad as I remember. But also a lot of those quests are teaching you how to play the game. Like, it starts out, gives you a number of quests to do, and they they more or less teach you, especially if you didn't play the first Tomba, here's how this game works. You're going to have some objectives to meet. Sometimes they're straightforward, sometimes they're not. You're going to have to run in and out of the screen. you got to make sure you, you know, Tomba has two different attack styles. He can, um, using the circle button, he'll throw whatever his weapon of choice is at the time. You start the game with, like, this mace, but you quickly get uh, a grapple hook, or you get a boomerang. You get all these other things that, that you can use your weapons. Um... But the other thing you can do is if you jump up in the air on things, you'll do this kind of weird arcing land on something and then like bite it like you're going to jump on top of something and eat it. Uh, That's his second attack. And he'll use that to jump on pigs and birds and any other thing. And when you do that, you can actually then kind of ride those those things for a moment till you then use the same button to launch them forward, which will hurt other animals or sometimes hit triggers for you to, to finish parts of quests or unlock parts of areas like you really have to learn how to use that jump really well. Um, the first game had that 
as well as this one, but I do think that the 3D kind of redesign makes a lot of those techniques easier. Uh, you don't have to guess as much on where you're headed to or what, what this is going to throw to. A lot of times when you start throwing things, it'll actually, you know, rotate the camera a little bit and show you exactly what you're throwing at. So you can then better aim that throw once you've jumped on top of something. That's something the first game didn't do as well as this. So I, I do think my first uh, thoughts on Tomba 2 that I would have shared in the original Tomba episode are are premature. I, I got into this. It, I remember when I played it the first time. So you get through the first whole area, which is this, um, the island that you start on, it has some windmills and stuff. And then the second area is this underground dwarf mine area where you're running from pipe to pipe there's a lot of switching the screen different different directions so you can go on different pipes uh but what i remember getting stuck on the first time is this the this is the first part of the game where you run into a sort of mandatory mini game now i don't hate mini games and in a lot of games i love mini games but there's one type of mini game that i think universally we've complained about on every episode that's ever come up and that is a minecart section and this game has no. maybe the worst minecart minigame section of any game I've ever played. I yeah. absolutely hate this thing. Yeah, this this makes uh, makes Young Merlin look like a, a masterful use of the minecart level. First up, it being in 3D actually makes it story. If this would have been in the original game, I don't know how this would have looked. I think it would have been much harder. But it's not just a hard mm. minecart section because you have to make sure you you tilt your minecart in such a way that when you go around turns really fast, you don't flip over. You can break yeah. to slow it down, but there's a very, very limited time uh, and to get to the end of this because the, the whole point is you're like carrying quick-drying cement in a bucket and you have to get there in like exactly a minute and 36 seconds or something ridiculous. And so you are flying through this maze or this um, minecart. You're flying through this minecart section, trying not to mm -hmm. tip over, so you don't want to break it all if you don't have to. But if you do tip too far over, you'll flip out. Meanwhile, you're also supposed to grab these little seed things that are there. You don't need to do it to finish the level, but the whole point of this thing is, in fact, to grab those seeds. Because otherwise, you just get to the end. I think you get like a bonus health item or some fruit or some junk, and then you can get a faster version mm -hmm. of the minecart. Well, when I played this the first time, I got to this minecart section, and I spent hours on it, and I never beat it, and I was like, I'm never going to get through this minecart section <laughs> in, in the year 2000, and I just never came back to this game. And I was playing it for this time, and I got to this minecart section, and everything flashed back, and I was like, oh my god, I have to beat this minecart section. I hate this. I played it for hours. I mean, my save at one point was like, oh, it's an hour and a half into the game. And when I finally mm -hmm. left the minecart area, unsuccessful, I may add, it was at four and a half hours. I spent over three Damn. hours unsuccessfully trying to finish that minecart level in the time limit. I mean, I got to the end, no problem. But actually finishing yeah. the time limit, I couldn't do it. And then I watched oh, YouTube videos, still couldn't do it. Watched for tips and tricks. And the tips and tricks were like, well, don't slow down. Thanks, man. Thanks a load. I could not... <laughs> get through this minecart section. Thankfully, I did find out this time, it is a totally optional minecart section. The other thing that I couldn't figure out was literally one of those kind of uh, walk into the screen turns connects to a chain that you have to jump on to open a gate. And I never somehow made that connection. I never found that one turn to get to that one chain. I thought I had to beat the minecart section to get to where the chain was. So you, do, you don't have to do it. Uh, but it is the not the only mildly irritating minigame you're going to run across in your try, you know, in the travels of Tomba Two. Yeah, there was a, a rough few days there on Discord where you were every time I look in the channel, you were just like this fucking minecart left. You oh my were, god, <laughs> I didn't. You were like literally about to quit the game. I think at one point, I, uh, I, but, I, like you couldn't do it. But 
Uh, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's fine as I guess as long as you're not trying to beat the 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 time or whatever or think you have to do it. It's it's not my favorite thing in the game, but I couldn't. I was like, "What's going on over here, man? Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> well, I I don't know why I have such a problem with it. It's not like it's it's not like it's out I mean, of the ordinary. I just could not get that. T- I mean, I was less than a second away from the 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 time I needed several times, but I could not hit the time. Let me ask you, which one seems more possible? Uh, completing this minecart area or catching a fish in Super Black Bass? Boy, that's a tough call because I still don't really understand Super Black Bass, despite that we played it. Uh, I do understand what to do in here. I was getting better. I was getting faster. But then I would have a series of runs where I just kept crashing the minecart and we get frustrated and walk yeah. away. Yeah. Um, I think I have a better chance of finishing this minecart level. I did not for this uh, by the time we were recording this, but I would I at some point go back if I'm trying to get a request on this game, which I did also not do this time, uh, to get those minecarts done. But once you figure out, hey, you don't need to do this minecart level and you can open up the rest of the Tomba, uh, this game, much like Jeremy said, you're, it's more straightforward that you're going area to area. There's not as much backtracking, although there is definitely some. Um, but there's about six major areas. You've got the opening island area, you have the underground desert, or underground dwarven mine, you've got these um, ice-covered cliffs, you have... The temple that you mentioned, there's a circus area, and then there's, and then the, uh, the jungle that reta- that uh, will bring back those laughing, crying fruits that were in the first Tomba game to finish your puzzles out. Uh, it, it, it does contain, keep the game fairly self-contained, like you'll go through each area to get the door to the next area, then you go through and figure out, you know, how to get the, the puzzles through to get through that area, find the next area, till eventually once you get through to up to the temple area is where you start finding the actual bosses of the game. So much like the original Tomba, you'll go through, play this game for hours without seeing a boss. You'll see some guys you have to fight, and you definitely have to fight regular pigs and loads of other enemies in other areas, but the whole goal of this game is that the evil pigs have taken over again and put a spell on each area except for the original town you start in. And as you capture these evil pigs in the evil pig bag that you have to find, so if you're to find the evil pig bag and then find the area of the map that's like always a weird corner of the map or something where the door will appear once you have the bag, you go into this kind of arena where you have to fight one of these pigs that's inside their their safe zone uh, to capture them by throwing them into the bag, which is using that, you know, Toba's jumping on and throwing ability. Uh, It's harder than it was the first game. The very first game, those fights were the same idea, but you only had to do it once for each pig. Uh, In this case, you have to do it for three times for each pig, and I think five or six for the last pig. But once you've captured that pig, the other areas that before had the spells on them, for example, the ice-covered mountains, the spell was what caused the ice. So once you have captured the pig that has the magic of ice you are able to, you know, the, the area thaws out and it opens up some some other quest you couldn't solve before because it was full of ice and it makes it easier to get through because you don't need a special suit to deal with the ice like you do. Um, I love that about the first game and I love it about this game. I love the fact that when you, com- you know, capture that pig and then go back to the other area, it totally changes how the area is. It's the same map, it's the same layout, mm-hmm. people, you know, doors and stuff are in the same spot, but it totally changes, you know, what you're able to do or or you know, kind of makes it easier to find all those little extra things and complete the quest. I, I, after I would go back at that point, so, you know, I I made it through the last level and then I started capturing pigs and then I would go back and I would like fully explore the level again once the world had changed back to its normal form. And and I think that's really neat and not a lot of games do that. Uh, And I'm glad to see that this game did it like the first Toba. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of any game that, that 
changes up a level or something after you beat it yes. and lets you go back and explore it. Like, you know, Metroidvanias are fun. It's always fun to go back and, and explore a, a, an area or something that you couldn't get to before. But it's it's like a next level kind of thing when they completely change it around to where it seems like the level that you were you'd yeah. already played seems like a new level, like the yeah. uh, you know the upside down castle in Symphony of the Night did that perfectly. Yeah. But there's just like you said, there's not too many games that do that well, and I think maybe you know it's just, maybe just me being like I like this game so much better. Uh, maybe for because the levels are much you know more concise and and better made this time around that going back and and doing those extra quests and and stuff mm-hmm. like that in those areas you already played is fun this time at least for me yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I can't say that it was anything I enjoyed doing before just because like I said I didn't like getting around the first game very much yeah but this one was it's much much more fun to get around especially once you get like the um, the extra suits both of which mm-hmm. actually help you jump, which, you know, helps in, in some of the, the areas in this one. Um, I'm not a big fan of the 3D camera in this one, uh, oh, in uh, some areas. And, but those, those suits you get, uh, you know, they help you glide or whatever. Those, those help a lot, um, helping yeah. you land a jump that you might not have been sure about before. But yeah, it's, it's actually a lot of fun to go back and, and do a lot of this stuff in this game, unlike mm-hmm. the first game. <laughs> and and I um I have and many things we reviewed I've I've spoke about my dislike for for backtracking for going back uh, so yeah I I love it when a game does something like this where not only do you yeah it, the game is a bit more enjoyable to to get through so I don't mind going back but I feel like when it does something like that and it kind of changes details about it it kind of rewards you for going back uh, which is nice but yeah. There is, uh, there is, uh, there, there's a little bit of camera jank. Well, that translates to a little bit of jumping jank in this game. Uh, not enough to that, that it that it you know ruins the fun of it. And yes, those suits do help out with it. Uh, I, I think probably are key uh, to to your prolonged enjoyment while playing this. But yeah, I, it was just that weird period of time where anytime they tried something like this. Uh, what else comes to mind? Games like Pandemonium, things like that, where they, they tried that weird 2D, pseudo 3D camera. It, it, it fails you several times. It doesn't quite show you what you want. Uh, it decides to fucking just completely shift mid-jump. Uh, there, there is a lot of that. Uh, that's just, man, that's fucking growing pains from, from kind of this era and this, this particular style of game. I think the that's one of the few things I think the first game really did better than this one was uh-huh. it mostly stuck to that side view. You know, occasionally yes. it would kind of have a little, you know, view behind you. Not not much, but just a just angled a little bit. But mm. this one likes to do the whole pandemonium thing where instead of oh, yeah. like the first game where you're walking into and out of the background or the stage shifts or something like that, the camera is now like moving along with you as you go around like corners and stuff like that. It makes the stages seem more dynamic than they are, but mm. it creates a problem of sometimes when you need to jump, which Tomba has never had the greatest jump in video game history by far. No. It's it's functional. But uh, when you add in the <laughs> fact of the camera is occasionally here and there, not all the time, it's it's usually pretty good, but occasionally it will decide it wants to, to move just to you know show off a little bit or, or have a, a strange angle to it. And getting some of those jumps can be annoying and you just miss it. And you go straight down. 
but yeah, that's I, I think the first game did that a little bit better. But I, I think the second game looks a hell of a lot better than that first one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that's a personal... I love the art style of First Tomba. I was still very disappointed uh-huh. this doesn't look quite as as pretty as the first Tomba, but I do think it still feels like Tomba. It still it still looks the same. It kind of has the same effect as uh, you know playing like classic Mega Man and then playing Mega Man Legends. You know, it it looks like a Mega Man style game, but it's more blocky and it's simpler because it has to be this fully three D. And this does the same thing, but it does look like a Tomba. It, it does look like the first Tomba, and I got over it. I mean, as I played through this, it bothered me less and less. And by the end, I was very happy with with how the, the game is more linear in some aspects. So I didn't feel like I had to really hunt down what to do. Remember, in the first game, there was that dwarf forest where there were like six different exits from to go to different areas. It was very confusing. Uh, this is much more straightforward. There are um, there there are easy ways to to teleport quickly from where one area to the other. It starts with those wings you find the the feathers all over the place. You pick those up. You can use mm. those to go back to any signpost you've already visited. But also later on, you can find Baron the dog again, who's your your friend from the first game. And once you rescue him, he can take you anywhere you need to go uh, over and over again. Unlimited uses. Uh, even without that, though, even if you wouldn't have saved Baron or did him fairly late, they give you a ton of those feathers. They're all over the place, and it was pretty easy to always have a bunch in inventory because you don't have to go back unless you want to uh, to unlock. Uh, you know, in this game, it does the same thing the first game did, where different colored chests have different colored keys, and you know, you find mm-hmm. blue chests in the very first area, but you won't get the blue key until like the fourth area. So you can go back, yeah. and most of the time, it's not going to be something you had to have, but it would be extra life or healing items you can put, keep in your inventory so you can heal on demand for fights. Um, this game, I, I did forget to mention, you only have one life, but you have unlimited continues that take you back to wherever the last signpost was you're at, or if you are at one of these boss fights, to the start of the boss fight over and over and over again, which is great. The first game had lives, and you did get a ton of lives, but if you ran out, it would go back to wherever your last save was. So if you were at a boss fight, and you died, and it was your last life, you'd have to go back to wherever your last save was, then make it all the way to wherever this last pig fight was, and take them on again, knowing that you don't have uh, an easy way to uh, to refill your health. In this case, if you die, you come back with full health at the last signpost you were at. So in some ways, it was easier to just, you know, bite it, and, and then come back with full health at, a start, at the start of a boss as opposed to, uh, you know, oh, I'll use all my healing items and then run out of stuff to do. I, I thought having one life in this game made more sense, much like most games do today anyway. You don't have, quote, lives unless it's a throwback title. You do exactly what this game does, which is unlimited tries over and over again, but you do have a checkpoint that you go back to for that restart. <laughs> I think we mentioned all the core parts of this game, uh, which is there are these six areas, there are these branching paths in the areas that you have to go in and out of the screen. I think up until, as Jeremy mentioned, the temple, it, it isn't too confusing, but the temple definitely is supposed to kind of be a little involved. It is the last new area, so it makes sense that there's a lot more to backtrack on. Um, did either of you finish this game? I am, and I went, I went and double-checked. Based on uh, some walkthroughs, it looks like I, I I've got about a, lot, a little less than an hour of playtime left. I'm wandering around the temple as it is. Okay, so once you've captured the five main pigs, of course there's a sixth evil pig. 
Um, we forgot to even mention the whole reason Tom is doing this other than just because he's a nice guy is that uh, some random evil pig has captured his girlfriend. The, the point of the game was you're on this island to meet your girlfriend and then she's captured by a pig. And you have to figure out which one by capturing all the pigs so you find your girlfriend. And of course, the main five pigs say, oh, we don't have her, but the main evil pig does. So once you capture all the evil pigs, uh, the first five, and change all the worlds back to normal, um, you're then given that kind of random, here's the last pig bag, you got to figure out where to use it. And underneath the dwarf mine section, you can ride these chains that before would stop at lava. Now they just go down to the depths. And there's a series of tunnels that connect all the, the areas together, which make it easier to go back and forth between areas. But also there's a there's a door down there that you can't open. So clearly once you get the last bag and you get down there, that's where you're supposed to go. And the last pig has... Um, he turns the world black and white. Everyone that was there to talk to is gone. And it limits the size of the world to where you have to use these tunnels to go back to those areas and find like a little pedestal that's a, of the color of that pig. So if you are in the ice, the area that was the ice section before that now is the nice green hilly area, you've got to find this blue pedestal. And along with the suits that we mentioned to that can help you jump higher or, you know, stay in the snow or at one point, uh, look like a pig so you can talk to NPC pigs uh, in the carnival section, uh, you gain the suits from each of the evil pigs, which then let you use their magic. So if you take the fire pig, you can then, you have a magic bar that shows at the bottom and you can shoot fire at enemies, etc. So you have to find all these pedestals or different colors and use the corresponding pig magic on them. So the ice magic on the ice pedestal, whatever, find those, destroy all those. And then you can finally fight the last pig, uh, which I thought was a neat kind of you know, revisit all the areas without having to really go back. You don't have to explore everything because you're only limited to where those tunnels take you in those areas. So some of the game becomes walled off at that point. You can't finish all the quests if you haven't by that point. But it's still neat. I like the idea of, you know, anytime you can go back and revisit areas or, you know, not a boss rush necessarily, but revisit old kind of high points before you do that last boss fight. This does it really well. I actually was pretty impressed by it, uh, but neither of you have done that, so I guess I'll just leave that out there for if you decide to finish it. I think the end of this game is pretty neat for that. Uh, the last, uh, we didn't really explain the pig fights as well. I kind of mentioned it, but basically you're in this round arena that you run around the outside of. Uh, the pigs will always appear, do their spell. You have to jump on them and then throw them at this pig bag that sometimes is the worst 3D in the game as far as where that bag is in relation to you and if the pig's going to hit an item or if it's going to actually hit the bag or if you can even see the bag or if you're just throwing it at random. I, I don't know if any, if either of you had problems with the pig capture sections. Yes, uh, a good bit. And that is, you just, you nailed it right on the head right there. I did have a little bit, not too much. Um, you don't... Controls aside, this was shockingly, especially for a PS, you know, a PS One game, uh, very little uh, issue in the in the control department. But yeah, that that was a more of a more of a nuisance than anything. Maybe I started off doing really well, and then I got really bad at it. Uh, yeah, yeah. There were specific pigs that were easier than others, just based on how their levels were laid out or the power they had, but. <clears throat> for me, it wasn't even the powers were easy to dodge. There was always a spot in the level where you could kind of give yourself the high ground, which helps since you're supposed to jump on top of these pigs. But it was that in some of them, you just couldn't see the bag well. You couldn't see the the, the bag you're supposed to throw them at because you're then throwing them kind of away from you, like into the screen, would float up mm. and down in the background. It was just really hard to gauge where it was. But in the scheme of things, it wasn't that bad. I did get through them knowing that you have unlimited tries once you get there. Um, it was just a matter of, of getting lucky at some points. Uh, and speaking of getting lucky, 
I mentioned how I did not like the minecart game. Well, there are other mini games you have to do. Some of them are, you know, you ride around these squirrels co- collecting um, like things for them to eat in this kind of weird, almost 3D Pac-Man you're running through, but you're not running from ghosts. You have to run mm-hmm. and pick up these dots that are at certain times. Uh, that wasn't bad. Did either of you try the chicken ranch throwing game? Jesus. No, I did not. No. In the ice section, there's a there's a place where you have to. They're not chickens, but they're these big yellow birds. Might as well be chocobos. Doesn't matter. But there's like a farm section. The guy's like, "Oh, you have to help me gather these, rinse off these, you know, chocobos. They get covered in junk, and we rinse them off. And you do that by throwing them into these washing machines. And so you have, you know, oh, you have thirty seconds to grab six chocobos and throw them into these washing machines. I don't mind that stuff. But when I got to the point where I think I was on round six and it didn't look like it was going to end anytime soon, I'm like, am I just doing this? Like for twelve levels, and it's like, oh man, here you go. Here's a bag of fruit. Like I wasn't quite sure what the point of it was, but I, I like that mini game more than the uh, more than the minecart because at least I finished it a few times. But that's another like much mm-hmm. like the minecart. There were sections of that where, or much like the the bosses, there were sections of where you were supposed to, you know, throw the chickens all the way across the screen, but you wouldn't see the target until after you let go to throw the chicken, and then all of a sudden it would rotate the camera a little bit, and you could see where the target was. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, the target's totally closed or this time, or it's all the way at the bottom. I would have never timed this right. I have to just randomly throw, and I have thirty seconds or ninety seconds to do this, so I don't have time to like walk over there, time what it would be, and walk back and grab the chicken. A very frustrating mini game, but you know, in the scheme of things. Again, not required. I think you have to do it one time uh, and just try it and fail to make the story move forward. So whatever. That's a minor complaint. Um, I I have to admit, I think I do like this more as a game than Tomba 1. It's easier to start and get to the end. The the levels are more interesting, I think, than a lot of the Tomba 1 levels. Uh, Even the, uh, the, the, they revisit the kind of the hits of Tomba 1. So the fact that you have these pig bags you have to find and capture the pigs is exactly the same as the first game. I like that the jungle area has those smile and laugh flowers, which I thought was really cool and creepy in the first game. And they bring it back and make it even better because there's other ghost sections in that same level. Like, Mm -hmm. I love... I love this game. I mean, I knew I would like this game, but I loved playing this game. Once I got past that minecart section, which was maybe the most enraging thing I did in 2022 on a game. <laughs> Once I, I figured I didn't need to finish that and get the rest of the game, this was a pure joy from start to finish. Loved every second of it. Uh, this was uh, a surprise, uh, a pleasant surprise for, for the most part. I, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't, extraordinarily keen on the first one i think you know i I tolerated the first one i don't remember how decently i tolerated the first one i don't think i was insufferable um but uh, this was definitely um maybe less maybe this is the the old less is more um there's definitely a lot less freedom it feels like with the levels but man there's something to be said about it just being a little more straightforward uh a little more a little less confusion uh, I just I feel like the game is a little more focused, and I, I just that's that's what I want. That's what I want. That's what I need. I'm a simple man. Don't give me too many damn choices. Just just point me in the right direction. Uh, but no, I like it. I enjoy the uh, sound. I, I I went back because I just I didn't think I was enjoying the music as much, and it turns out I didn't. I I, I give a slight nod to the first Tama for the uh, the soundtrack. Uh, definitely, I like the look of this one a lot more. I like the way this one plays a lot more, aside from that little bit of camera, you know, that little bit of camera jank where it decides it's gonna, it wants to show, it wants to show off a little bit, it wants to strut that ass, if you will. And nothing good comes from strutting that ass. Uh, other than that, damn, this was, was definitely better than I thought it was gonna be. 
And yeah, I, it's one of those I'm going to go back and finish because I think I'm pretty damn close. Is it something I'm going to come back to? No, um, but not, you know, I thought it was an enjoyable play. And you know what? Anytime we have a merciful patron request, hey, I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. I, you know, it, it comes to, uh, it's, it's a big surprise to me that I really enjoy mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. we, didn't, we didn't even talk about the best part of this game. Uh-oh. The, the character voices. The, oh, the English voice track I, in this game. I, I, it may be, it, there may be nothing to talk about there. God. This is one of the worst voice tracks I've ever this heard is, in a video game. It is. And everyone talks. I think we blocked it all. I think we all blocked it out because it is, yes, blatantly horrific. Oh, there are moments, some of my favorite moments that I've ever heard in in the history of video game. I can't believe they left it in the game. But, you know, if, basically everyone in this game speaks, which is amazing to me. Everyone has their own little voice track that you talk to, and they they should not. It, it should just be text. But <laughs> someone uh, decided that we need to get get everyone from the office that's working on the game into the voiceover booth because we got to have everybody talking. And some of them are okay at best. Some of them are illegally bad. They should not be in a video game. There are some that change their voice completely depending on when you talk to them. Is it the same? Is it the same two or three people? I I don't, it kind of seems like it here and there. It just seems like who they could pull in off the street, you know, on some yeah. random day. They got yeah. one guy in later in the game who literally flubbed his line in the middle of talk. Yes, and he went and he went <laughs> and again. He just, he he went. just started again. <laughs> the consummate I, professional. I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Are you kidding me with this?" Like they couldn't even just edit it. Like maybe start that over again, Mark. No, he just like stops and then restarts. It's like I couldn't believe it. But yeah, that's uh, if you want some of the best voice acting you've ever heard in a video game, <laughs> play Tomba 2. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> it's an amazing effort by everyone involved. Everyone from the accounting department that came over and did, did some uh. fucking voices for this game. Um, but yeah, overall, like, man, I, I'm surprised. I really like this game. It's, uh, it's amazing what you can do when you, you kind of have a, a little bit more tunnel vision for a game. Like I, they were very ambitious with what they wanted to do with the original Tomba. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, this one kind of, like we've said, just kind of pushes everything together in a, in a little bit e- easier to access way with the way that the game is designed with its quests and, and mm-hmm. mini games and it's kind of ridiculous nature. And I think the humor is still good in this one. It's still very much the Tomba sense of humor, which I did enjoy from the first one. Um, it's, it's overall, you know, a fairly good game. I would go as far to say that Tomba is, uh, the rallies of PlayStation platforming. Jesus. So covered in, covered in grease. It's, uh, yeah. And that's, that's, that's about that camera's as awful. As fu- that camera's awful fucking greasy. I'll tell it you is that. at times. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a fine little game. I enjoy it a good deal. Uh, I'm glad we actually played it for this because I have literally never played it. Uh, since I didn't enjoy the first game, so mm-hmm. it's uh, I'm glad they picked this one. It's a, it's a fine little little platforming game. Well, unfortunately, we maybe and and Toy, our patron, maybe the only four people who enjoyed this game because this game sold so poorly. 
that Whoopi Camp broke up immediately after it came out and did oh, not man. sell well at all. Um, it is it is hard to find. It's a very expensive game uh, if you can get a hand if you're hands on it. Uh, but it, it's it's neat and interesting. Whoopi Camp only made two games: the original Tomba and Tomba Two. And you know, I think it's time. Why not? There have been a, Klo- a Klonoa collection. Why not this uh, this Tomba collection? Come on out, guys! I'm very excited. I would I would <laughs> buy it again. On, I, I would love it. Love to see a Tomba collection because there's nothing else like this. There are no sequels. There's nothing else to compare to the original Tomba and Tomba 2. And I do also appreciate and thank you again, Toy, for recommending this to us because oh, yeah. I think you, you've you you've got a fan from two people who wouldn't have given this game another shot after 2016's yeah. original review of the original Tomba. That's our thoughts on Tomba 2, The Evil Swine Returns, for the Sony PlayStation. Again, another patron pick. And if you want to cover our games, you can go to Retromania.net. There's links there to our Patreon, so you can join that. And that'll force to cover a game, or you also get bonus shows on the Patreon. You can go to our, our social media links. are all on there, our YouTube channel. But at the very bottom of Retromania.net, there's a question form. And you can use that to write questions, any question. It'll come to us, and we'll probably answer them like we're going to do right now. Yeah, especially if your name is Farty McButtoots. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Hold on. All right. Not to choke. Well, that name <laughs> will do it to you every time. Even. Yeah, and we nearly died from reading Farty McButtoots. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> his question is about post-completion blues. What was the last game you were kind of sad after you completed because you were having so much fun with it? And that's mm. it. That's, a, that's an easy one for, for me, and it's, it's, it's semi-recent. Um, playing through that Elden Ring, uh, I was 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 sad to see it end. Uh, I, and I think any time with those games that you put so much time into, and and you know, honestly, it takes you through a fucking emotional roller coaster. And uh, you're so pumped up, and your adrenaline on that fucking that last boss is is running so fucking high that as soon as it's over, it, it just kind of hits you, and you have that whole uh, I you played a good game when it's over. And you're just holding your controller as the credits go, and you you have that whole, well, what now? You're aimless. You're completely aimless. Uh, you have no direction in life anymore. Uh, but yeah, I I um, that was definitely the most recent. I'll even go one further. The biggest instance of that I've ever had. Uh, I I I uh, made my fiance play Portal Two all the way through. Uh, tremendous game. And I just remember when I played that and fucking you get a little song number at the end. And I remember as that played and I knew that game was over. I sat there fucking teary eyed because uh, I because I knew it was over. I knew I had played one of the one of the better games I was ever going to play. And it was wrapping up. And what in the hell am I going to do next? But yeah, that would be my all time one with with Elden Elden Ring probably being the the most recent. For me, my most recent is easily Psychonauts 2. I was so excited mm. to finish that game because mm. like, I wanted to see each area. And then when it was over, I went back and immediately like went out and got all the missing figments I had. I went through every level and made sure I found everything. And I was still just like, well, I've done everything I could possibly do. I have nothing else I can do with this game. I mm. want to start over, but it's going to be the same game. Like Elden Ring, I was sad when it was over, but at the same time, I was like, I'm going to immediately start a completely different style character. So I made like a heavy caster because mm. the first time I was basically a 
two-handed sword bleed guy. And I, I played through as a caster. I haven't finished it yet, but I can play that as many times as I want with different builds and feel like it's it's a different feeling yeah. game for me. Psychonauts is going to play the same every time. So when I finished it, I was just not let down. I thought the game was amazing, but I just I wanted more of it badly. And I know there wouldn't mm-hmm. be any more. Uh, for me, the absolute biggest one was the original Red Dead. And oh my God. with the way how things go down at the end of that and the switch of characters, I don't think I'm ruining it at this point. I think it's been out for over 10 years. <laughs> you should know these things by now. But with how it went down and that last mission... and. Yeah. That late, that late little title card at the end, too. God damn. Uh, that was it, really. Like, when that, uh. after you do that last mission and that title card hits, <laughs> I, I, I turned off the 360 and I took out the disc and I put it in its case and I never played yeah. it again because you it would be illegal to do so because that was such a perfect yeah. ending. Like, it, you just can't ever play it again. There, you, even if you tried, you would never get the same experience. It was one of those things. It's like it was so perfect the first time that I played through it that I don't ever yeah. want to play it again because I would just ruin it and whatever memories I had of it. So never played through that again, and I was just lost after that because I was like, oh, my God. I've been playing this for weeks on end. It's been my favorite game, and and like now that's it. I can't play this anymore ever. I guess I'll just have to wait for Red Dead 2, and I, I did, and <laughs> that's a yeah, great you, game on its had, own. You had to be a little patient. Yeah, you just had to be a little patient, just had to wait a, a decade or so for it to finally get here, but, you know, it was worth the wait. But, yeah, that was that was the one that when it hit, it hit me hard. I was just like, I, shit, that's it, you know. <laughs> I, I can't play that game anymore, and, uh, yeah, that's that's one of the big ones. And, and I guess the other ones I could think of would be, like, uh, you know, any Final Fantasy once you get through the credits and that that familiar Final Fantasy kind of jingle starts playing mm. at the very end, um, and and that's it. It's just a blank screen. You know, it doesn't even go back to the title screen. It's just playing that music. Like you know, that's it. You know, you the adventure's gone. It's done, and uh, yeah. you can play it over and over again. But it's it's always, you know, uh, bittersweet when when you hear that music mm. at the very end. Uh, but thank you, Farty McButt Toots, for writing in. Uh, that was a that was a very good question. That uh, was, um, I, uh, you know, not to not to. I you don't want to make fun of you know someone's name they've been given at birth, but I just I just wasn't expecting that kind of question from that kind of name. You know, first impressions are everything. Yeah, and uh, yeah. it's. But yeah, anyway, thanks for writing in. Our next question is coming in from an even worse name, uh, Kay. And he's wanting to role play. Oh, all right. oh boy. Not wrong podcast. Not, yeah, and for wrong podcast. This is uh this is not the Final Fantasy 14 podcast. As much as I would like it to be, it is not that. Uh anyway, he writes in to say, an old decrepit woman approaches you. She carries with her a small box. She explains this box is magical and can summon relics from the past. With only your imagination, with only your imagination as the limit, you immediately murder her and claim it as your own. You decide to abuse your newfound power in the only way that makes sense. You are going to summon dinner, consisting only of fast food items that have been discontinued. Oh my God! What do you summon? A Taco Bell Anchorito? A McDonald's <laughs> Arch Deluxe? 
Please note that doing this will probably curse you for life, so make sure it's worth it. We're already cursed. Yeah, honestly, honestly, eating some of these items anyway cursed you. Uh, not for life, but for a long stretch of time. Oh my god. I could, I could, uh, are we talking about a full course or one item, or can I have two items by any chance? If you have two in mind, go for it. Oh, uh, I do. Uh, one is, is a bit further in the past, and one is, well, I mean, they're both, god damn it. Oh, I'm feeling old as shit now. I was about to say, oh, they were just a little bit ago. They're both a decade plus old. Damn. Oh, I'm dying soon. Um, no, uh, one of them would definitely be, I would like a Taco Bell Cholito. Ooh. Please, please give me a Cholito. And you know, there was one, there was a Taco Bell in Madison, North Carolina. And this probably was not safe. Uh, once I got to thinking about just because they had it, didn't mean it was fresh, but I went in and I was just shooting the shit and was talking about, yeah, fucking miss that Cholito, which, you know, became the chili cheeseburger. And she said, well, we still have the stuff to make those. We have just a little bit left. Uh, we're talking about a good six, seven years after Cholito was off the menu. <laughs> and I had that Cholito. And boy, it was it was good. It's like a, an old friend that you've been kept apart from for far too long coming back. Uh, whether it gave me the shits or not, I don't know. Uh, it, it gave me the standard amount of Taco Bell shits. So it's I don't know if it's anything new. Um, I, I, give me a Cholito and I'm heading to the Wendy's after that. To get a wild mountain chicken sandwich. Uh, wild mountain chicken sandwich I have spared my dignity for and done something I refused to do, but I did in the instance of this sandwich. I went back twice in one day. Um, and yes, the same person was fucking working there at the window. I went for lunch, had that wild mountain chicken sandwich. It's the sauce. It's that, the, the sauce is the fucking boss on the wild mountain chicken sandwich. Incredible. A little bit of chicken. A little bit of bacon. Ah, my mouth's watering right now. But I went for lunch, and I was sitting there, and I was like, what am I going to have for dinner? And I said, you fucker, you know what you're going to have for dinner. Got in the car, went back to Wendy's. Went again, another Wild Mountain sandwich. That person was at the window. Uh, they didn't say anything to me, but it was one of those things where they didn't have to say anything to me. Like, we knew. We, we you know. They, they were just as disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> as I was with myself. But um, that would be my two. Uh, definitely the, the Cholito and the Wild Mountain Chicken Sandwich. I am shocked you picked the Cholito because I was going to use the Cholito because essentially it was just like canned chili and I think some cheese. Oh, it's, wrapped in a, yeah, it's a can. I bet I could get a fucking jar of Hormel or a can of Hormel chili, some cheese, uh, you know, get a little beef. And I dare say. It may be Cholito. It may be the exact taste. Uh, yeah, it, it was a simple item. Like Taco Bell, it's not one of their more complex monstrosities they'll put together. It was simple. But God damn, you're, I, I, I'm glad to know a fellow Cholito fan. Yeah, I was, I was going to pick it. I was like, how did Billy pick the Cholito? And then I got nervous because you said Wendy's. And I was like, my sandwich was from Wendy's too. <laughs> this is going to be sad. But actually, it's slightly different. <laughs> and I think it might be one of those items like a McRib where it comes back every few years. But uh, they do a chicken cordon bleu sandwich that's quite good. And Ooh, it's not at my current yes. Wendy's. But I do like that one. Um, Hell and, yeah. And I, I would, every time that was there, like when it was there last time, which I think was several years ago, I think I got it every day uh -huh. for lunch for a week. And it was incredible. <laughs> 
I would actually go with, uh, well, one of the things would be the Arch Deluxe that, that Mason mentioned. I, I loved the Arch Deluxe, but there was one other McDonald's burger that I loved more than that, and that was the uh, McDLT. Oh, and I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember cold. this. <laughs> what? You keep the hot side hot and the cold side Yeah, cold. you keep the hot side hot. Yeah, it was, if, if <laughs> for anyone that can't imagine this, they gave you like this this big styrofoam thing where like one side was the the bottom of the burger with the bun and then the other side was like lettuce and tomato and whatever you wanted on it you you, you keep the hot side hot and the cold side cold it was genius i wish they still did that to this day i can't tell you how many times i have gotten home with a mcdonald's burger cuz i love the uh, the quarter pounder with the um with the lettuce and tomato on it. But you got to eat it there. And nobody wants to eat anything at a McDonald's except a kid. So I get mine to go. And by the time I get home, it is just a complete mess. The, the lettuce has turned into just a, a soggy, just whatever. You, you immediately just throw it off. And the tomato usually has as well. So that's, it, it's a complete <laughs> loss. I can't, I can't take it. So... Uh, yeah, I would love for them to bring that back. I'm, I'm sure there's still McDLT styrofoam containers littering <laughs> in landfills everywhere <laughs> to this day, but it was worth it, damn it. I got my hot side hot, and I got my cold side co cold, and it was worth it. Um, anything oh, else, yeah. I would probably have to, to go with a dessert. Uh, just just bring back the old uh, Taco Bell, uh, what was their apple pie that they called? It was just, They had a certain name for oh, it. Oh, my God. Um, oh holy! Fuck. Hold I can't on. believe I forgot. Yeah, we it. can't. We can't let this go without. Oh my god! Yes, I'm looking oh, it up. Fucking... Go the apple empanadas. Yes, the the caramel ap apple empanadas. Ugh. Oh, they were so good. Uh, just horrible memories of of uh, me going uh, to a Taco Bell after a movie one night, and I think we ordered like twenty. Uh, apple empanadas and i threw up everywhere like an hour later Ooh. so um but i love those things i absolutely loved those things and was horrified to see that they they took them off the menu um mm -hmm. and recently just horrified to, to see they took my other favorite dessert off the taco bell menu the uh the fucking jizz balls the the things with the uh <laughs> the it's the, the the little you know what i'm talking about it's got the this the stuff inside um god damn it this is why they shouldn't let me out in public hey. cinnabon this is cinnabon balls cinnabon. <laughs> and it's got the a hot order of jizz balls please well that's what i've always called them and it doesn't work very well when you go through the the drive-thru and, and say that but you know it's totally that you take a bite of it and jizz flies everywhere and that's exactly what it is and you're not going to tell me any different but uh -huh. yeah, th those things are great. And it looks like uh, as of the other day, they have took them off the menu and it, it broke my heart. So yeah, bring back the, uh, the caramel apple empanada and my damn jizz, jizz balls and I'll be happy. <laughs> and a McDLT, just bring it back. <laughs> what have you got to lose McDonald's? You, you fucking suck now anyway. But yeah. Thanks Kay for uh, bringing back horrible memories. Uh, it's uh, it really sucks to, to not have the, the greatness that what that once was fast food. Mm. specialties from back in the day yeah. uh this one comes from who does this come from this comes from brian adams oh our, our oh, friend shit. brian adams uh it is uh and he's wanting to say it's a great podcast hi guys i just finished all of your episodes we actually got another one of these questions that said they just finished it 
I don't know how you guys are doing it. I started listening in June of last year. I thoroughly enjoyed your stories about Seaman Grandpa threatening your local blockbuster and a whole lot of uh, a hole full of bees. I don't even remember that one. (laughs) (laughs) Blowing up an Atari. (laughs) Your thoughts on breakfast food. And of course, your occasional talk of video games. I'd like to ask if you could play Hogs of War for the original PlayStation. (laughs) This keeps coming up. How does it keep coming up? My dad used to play this a lot, and I have fond memories of trying to play it. Sorry for the long email. This is like a short email, buddy. You don't even know what some of these people send us. Sorry for the... And no, I'm not the guy you're thinking of. Damn it. Damn. I think you're in luck with Hogs of War. that's That's what he would say, though. That's true. Brian Adams would totally say that he's not Brian Adams. We're big fans, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if this is at least the third person who's asked for us to cover Hogs of War. And I'd never played it before, so maybe we need to look into Hogs of War, uh, especially if it's for Brian Adams. Uh, yeah. Of, yeah. of Summer of 69 fame. I cannot say enough about how excited I am that we have a fan in Canada who is a, a national treasure. <laughs> that is right uh keep writing in keep listening i can tell my friends that that brian adams actually listens to our podcast yeah. and that makes come on everything. down to north come on down north carolina next time you're on tour <laughs> but we you know secretly you're not him so we're not gonna you know thank thanks random <laughs> brian that that just decided to write in that's that's not brian adams that sings all those really great songs that i love uh anyway uh, next up is the bama guy I'm sorry, that Bama guy, and uh, this is short and sweet, and uh, he just says, love listening to your podcast, watching YouTube, and catching up on all the tweets. Keep up the good work, Walker, and uh, Instagram, that Bama guy one, and TikTok, that Bama guy underscore, or I'm sorry, that Bama under guy. Let's try that again. TikTok, that Bama guy, that big, Jesus Christ. That Bama underscore guy. That guy just got the best fucking advertisement ever. No one will ever find yeah. him now because they're going to try every iteration of that you just said. But that's yeah, okay. No, it's thank you. I'm for sorry. <laughs> I'm illiterate half the time when we're doing this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for listening. I, we we really mm. appreciate it. Uh, wish you if you want to ask us a question, go for it. You know, we feel bad just doing these circle jerks over here. Mm, not too bad. And, Let's be fair. I uh, yeah, not it. too bad. I mean, we, we eat it up when we can. And I've actually got, uh, we're going to end on two quick questions here. And uh, first one comes from William Bollock's Day. He oh, says, uh, hey. Proper yeah. good podcast that. And I, I can't read it in whatever language he has decided to, to put this in. So I'm just going to go do my best. Um, y'all read, lads. I heard about this podcast from my good friend Northern Butcher. I think that Billy Hall I think that Billy Holiday lad is a proper bloody good lad. Oh. Would, would love to know whether you fellas have ever had a had ever had a cheeky Nando's. Can't beat a bit of the old Jack bit, can ya? Also, what do you fellas think is your biggest video game achievement? Ha ha. Have a good one, lads. Tra. I don't have any idea what he just said, so um, let's, uh, you I guys mean, know what a, a cheeky Nando is? Is, is Nando's I, the chicken place? Is that the, it's like spicy, I don't know, South American chicken. It, it's good. I, I like it. I don't know if that's cheeky Nando's, Nando's though. 
I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say yes, and this be something that uh, can be held against me. It could um, be like some guy's ass or something. Uh, no, the, uh, wait. Does, what does cheeky Nando's mean in British slang? Oh, that's where you're from. Oh, it actually is. <laughs> it's it's topping in for a bite at the chicken restaurant Nando's. Well, I do like oh. a cheeky Nando's. Then I like the Nandoka's choice. It's a big sandwich. Well, goddamn. I I would like to have a cheeky Nando. Yeah, I, I I have not. I, I I have never had such a thing. I'm not opposed. It's quite good. It's quite good. I would say go there and get the sandwich. Uh, they they do sell individual wings, but they're small and a little expensive, at least in the U.S. But the sandwiches and like the wraps and stuff, solid. Oh, so it is here in the U.S. as well? Yeah, yeah. I've I've never left. Well, I went to Barbados. I was going to say really you're not allowed country, to leave so, the U.S. Uh, yeah, not so. anymore. But I did. Uh, I did. There, there's a Nando's near me, and it's quite good. Oh, all right. Uh, but what do you, what do you guys think is your your biggest video game achievement? Jeremy, are you going to ask me that? Like you don't know it's fucking Klungo's arcade. <laughs> well, <laughs> for Pancho Kazooie nuts and bolts. I was hoping game you'd say that, something else. <laughs> we'll, we'll a game that it. a game that in and of itself completing is an accomplishment, and then they throw a mini game in there that far exceeds the fucking annoyance that is the regular game. <laughs> yes, uh, completing Klungo's arcade. I still on 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 the X on on Xbox. That's still my fucking icon. Is when you unlock for beating fucking Klungo's arcade. I'm not taking that down. That is that is standing there as a testament. Um, you know, but nobody fucking knows what it is. But but damn it, every time I boot up and I see that, I I know that at one point in time I did something. I, I know what it is, and I, I cry every time I see it because I know I spent just as much time as you playing that damn thing. <sighs> and then they released more Klungo with the DLC, and, and that ruined yes. my life as well. So Yes. Jeremy, you got a, a favorite achievement? I don't know. It's tough because I, I would have said, like, you know, the Souls games are over. But like those, honestly, they're, they're tough, but they're not that tough. I think I had more difficulty playing through, like, the original... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on stream on the actual NES cart, so not using save states or any other way to do it, just trying to play through it. And I did get through that. Same with, like, uh, Ninja Gaiden 1 and 2. Like, all those were way harder than anything current. Um, I don't know. It, that's that's tough. I don't know what my biggest... biggest. I, I don't even know if I... It, are they even worth saying their achievements? I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good answer for that one. I don't either, really. I mean, I don't... I'm not one of those people that really just kind of sit around and... and play a game to like 100% completion or, or try yeah. to beat it. If I'm, if I'm not having a good time, mm -hmm. um, shit, I, I know I'll think of one, like once we're done recording this, like, Oh my God, I should have said this, but I can't think of any of those. Uh, my biggest gaming achievement was playing days gone, uh, and, and beating it. And mm. absolutely. <laughs> I thought it would, I end. thought it would be, I thought it'd be, uh, finishing up borderlands three. Uh, you know, I, I, I will. That would have been one, but I finally came around to it, as, as to kind of liking it. But I never liked Days Gone, you know. No. And, and by the time I beat it, I, I was done yeah. with it for good. But damn it, I did. I stuck <laughs> with it. I stuck with it more than I do most things in life that actually matter. But I was determined <laughs> to beat Days Gone, and uh, I, I made it. So we're gonna go with that one. But generally, no, I don't, I don't really go achievement hunting or, or do anything too crazy with, with games or sit yeah. down and be like, I'm going to be every Mega Man this week, you know, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I am, I'm not that cool. But yeah, Days Gone was, was that was a pretty big achievement because fuck that game. 
And finally, our last game, I'm sorry, our last email comes in from Northern Butcher, the guy this other person was talking about. Oh, hell. And uh, he's writing in about video game lies. Hey guys, I was thinking about the rumors that used to float around on the playground when I was a kid about video games. Things like secret characters from Mortal Kombat 2 or somebody saying they killed the last boss in Tomb Raider, The Last Revolution. You can't. Or even the ones about cheat codes that didn't exist, like the nude code for Tomb Raider, which got tossed around a lot. What are the best, most ridiculous lies or cheats you heard about as kids? Still loving the podcast. Cheerio. P.S. Thanks for the semen grandpa patch. It's a great conversation starter for me and my biker mates. Very good. Damn, very good. See? You can't, you can, you can wear it to the bike, you know, with your, with your biker group. You just can't wear it to work. Um, man, there, there's so many. Uh, I, I don't feel like my school had any outlandish, but they sure had. If there was a female character in a video game, there was a code to get her clothes off automatically. Like it's from Chun Li to fucking Sonya to damn. There's a really popular one in Killer Instinct um, with Jade because she had the move where you know she 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 flashes her opponent. But and the, the popular thing was there was a stage that had a mirror in the background and you had to line it up just right and you could see in the mirror. It's like man, it's fucking. You know, at this point in time, you know, the, if if you had a father, just find his magazine stash if you're that hard up. Come on, every dad had one. None of them were good at hiding it. Just fucking go on. Just look in their fucking closet usually. Um, but no, it's. I'm trying to think if there's anything that really, really. Um, stood out to me. Uh, one of my favorite ones was, and I, I think that maybe this one was slightly in the works at some point in time. Was that in in NBA Jam, uh, the like the full Mortal Kombat roster was in there. Uh, you, you just had to put in appropriate, you know, the appropriate code for it. I, a lot of it was like crossover stuff. Uh, I, a lot of it was fucking NBA Jam, <laughs> and I remember about the time that uh, WrestleMania, the arcade game, came out. That was the one that was basically a glorified fighting game. Uh, there, you know, you're supposed to be able to get Mortal Kombat characters in it, and then the other way around. Uh, in Mortal Kombat Two, you're supposed to be able to get like Razor Ramon in there and whatnot. That was the big talk going around the school. Uh, and, and a lot of times, that's that's what it was. It was just fighting games. Fighting games were like a real breeding ground for it uh because while there there were hidden characters here and there uh, when someone said there's a hidden character in something and they said that you know they saw it um you know, the burden of there wasn't the burden of proof like it wasn't like oh we'll prove it uh, no <laughs> it was it, it was it was them telling you well i mean you know you, you can't disprove it so, so back then pre-internet you know pre-magazines and even the magazines would, would stir it up uh, they did a Street Fighter one year in an April Fool's episode uh, issue, rather. Uh, that was one of the big things, was just bizarre combinations of people showing up in fighting games. One of the big ones. Uh, yeah, it's fighting game characters mainly, but also like when the Game Genie was out, people would like if, act like you didn't know what a Game Genie was and be like, oh, I found a code that does this. You're like, well, that's... I can see your game genie. It's very clearly yeah. like sticking out of the system. Yes, but the uh, the the 
I was trying to think of like a, a more recent one than those fighting games. I think the most recent one I can think of that was large enough that people were like, no, no, seriously, there's a way to do it, or there's you know a, a secret thing you can do was to make Eris slash Aerith come, you know, not die in Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I remember that one going around a lot. People come to the store like, hey, do you know what the code is to make sure she doesn't die? I'm like, that's not a thing. I don't, <laughs> I've never seen proof that it exists. Or people would like r actually come into my game store and ask me for that, like I had it. So that, that's the most recent one I could think of that was large enough that people believed it. Because now with the internet, everyone is like, yeah, that's fake. It's not real. None of that stuff's real. But back back before the internet, you could fool anyone to believe anything. And we all believed it every time. I, I was really suspicious. <coughs> God damn it. I'm just choking my ass off tonight. Mm. Yeah, I was really susceptible to, to that stuff uh, as a high schooler like and, and earlier because I'd... You know, my, they were friends of mine, so I was like, why would they ever lie to me? These are, you know, my friends. But I, I remember two vividly. One of them, I was in, um, I was like a sophomore or something in high school. And uh, my friend was like, hey, did, Street Fighter Three had just come out. And everyone was, was kind of talking about it because it turned up at the, the arcade by us. And he came in one day and he was like, man, I played it. And, you know, there's this one stage that had the big tree in it or something. Uh, and and Vega jumped out and you know kind of like reptile <laughs> and, and Mortal Kombat or something is like you got to do this to challenge me and I was like holy shit because you know Vega's my my favorite character and I I was so into that that I was like find, trying to find any information on that I could and of course ended up being broken hearted when I realized he was full of shit. Mm -hmm. um, this other guy I remember in gym class one one day just spouting off the most bullshit i have ever heard about mortal Kombat 2 um saying that like you know there's all these codes for like uh sonia to show her tits and and all this other stuff and he he was there he saw it and it's always those fuckers that was there they weren't actually playing it so they don't yeah. know how to do it but they they knew a guy that was playing it and he did it and they saw it so they they knew it was real and so I was like, well, all right, I'll believe you. I, I'm sure Sonya totally shows her tits in this fucking arcade game. But yeah, like all that stuff was was bullshit. It's, it was just, you know, it was fun back then because there, like Billy said, there really wasn't a way to disprove what they were saying. You just kind of had to take them at their word. And, you know, it was kind of fun to imagine some of this stuff until some of it did actually happen, like the nude code in Tomb Raider, which didn't exist, but that those once it got to the pc and people actually made those those nude skins for you were like oh god i didn't want to see that <laughs> it looks horrible <laughs> so you know you sometimes it's uh it's it's rough to get get what you actually want so that's right yeah it was, it was it was better, a fun better time. left something's better left to the imagination yeah yeah it turns out the like eight polygons that made up laura back on the playstation didn't <laughs> didn't translate well to to being nude so you know it's but yeah, it, it was a fun time. But yeah, that's that's gonna do it, everyone for for email this week. Thanks for writing in. Again, always fun to to hear from you and, and all the stuff that you want us to answer. Uh, if you want us to continue to do this, then go over to retrovania.net, scroll all the way down to that cool ass contact form, fill it out, mm. send it in, and we will answer some of your questions right here on this podcast, this very podcast, this one right here.
And much yeah. like on this podcast right here, if you want us to cover your game, the best way is to join our Patreon, like Toy did. And again, Toy, I do apologize we didn't get you on for an interview, but if you want one, find uh, the comments I sent over to you via Patreon Messenger, and we'll set some up for the future. But otherwise, anyone else who wants that, we uh, anyone else who wants to join, go to our Patreon. It's uh, linked at RetroRainy.net, and we will see you next time. <laughs>